0: Today's the first day of season two, and the big change on SEL Rockstars is that there is a co-host from now on, and that is Kelly Corrier. Kelly was, she was on, I think, I figured it out, was like 15% of the the episodes last year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was on two episodes.
0: (laughs) So she's no longer just a recurring character on the show. (laughs) She has a lead role. It's very exciting, and yeah.
1: I love bragging to the kids about how I'm an influencer.
0: Oh, I know. The audience is just massive. Just, <laughs> I think it's Scott Kessler, who's my former teammate, my son's girlfriend, and then I don't, that might be it. Okay. So what are you excited about today, Kelly?
1: Well, I'm very excited because um, I think I mentioned yesterday that my phone likes to follow me around and tell me what I need to know. And so yesterday it sent me an article um, about how meditation can rewire your brain. Oh yeah,
0: neuroplasticity,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Within the article, it gave a link for a free mindfulness class online. And so um, I started working through it yesterday. I've kind of gotten through the intro and... What is mindfulness? Kind of explaining why we might need mindfulness. So I'm really excited to work more on
0: the free course. Um, well, chairman, share that link for the mindfulness course. So I want to put that on the show notes. Oh, yeah, will do. We have a I've, really good episode today.
1: Yeah, it was so much fun to talk to on An and um, hear about all the resources that he offers or they offer at EAN
0: on Trong Employee Assistance Network, which is Buncombe County Schools mental health provider Mm -hmm. for employees. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Because I had no idea. Oh, I didn't either. I didn't either. What did you think they were?
1: I personally thought that we got five sessions with a therapist and then bonk, you're out of here. That's what I thought too.
0: We definitely need to be tapping into this because we want to keep in the green zone.
1: Yeah. And it's cool that it doesn't just have to be um, a school event or a work event that brings you into EAN. It could be any kind of life event. That's true. As we know, you
0: can't really cut one off from the other. So it all gets pulled out of the same bucket. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. All right. One thing that we get in the school system is once in a while, We'll get it from an administrator, but it's usually at the bottom of a newsletter. Yeah. It'll be a phone number or the link for EAP, and it'll say, if you, yeah, Kelly's, Kelly's showing us a little teeny weeny fingers. It'll be, if you need it. Yeah. And I don't know if teachers know whether they need it or not. I, I don't think we really talk about that very much. So what, if, if you were writing that blurb, what would you write at the bottom of a newsletter?
2: EAN, we work with about 120 organizations all throughout Western North Carolina. And that's everything from your local government to your school systems, to factories, to uh, service industry.
1: Hospitals.
2: Yeah, hospitals, that type of stuff. Oftentimes I invite people to think of our services more as proactive services uh, than reactive services and protective uh, services versus, um, versus like crisis services. Companies sometimes use us like an insurance policy, if that makes sense, to have something for when people are in crisis. And a lot of times people think of EAP services as very reactive services, right? Like something pretty hard just happened and I need to reach out for help. And we're here to help when you're in those crisis situations as well, but we're really here to really help prevent those crisis situations and really help you gain the tools as you're recognizing the stressors are ramping up It's okay to reach out to us before that crisis situation.
0: What might I be experiencing if I'm starting to get out of that resilient zone as a mm -hmm. professional? What are some things that I might notice?
2: I think the biggest sign that can show that someone is is when they stop acting like themselves, right? Because I talk to people about the difference between stress, burnout, and compassion fatigue. And like stress is really one-time things that happen that just kind of really um, feel heavy in the moment. Burnout is more of like a physical level of exhaustion and compassion fatigue is an exhaustion of the soul. And the reason why compassion fatigue, I feel like is so hard for people is because not only is it exhaustion of the soul, it's within direct conflict of what your values are. So if you're naturally caring and giving person to get to the point where you're apathetic and stop caring is a Mm -hmm. huge value conflict. And that's why a lot of people have such a hard time managing compassion fatigue, because it really doesn't feel like themselves. When you Mm. start feeling like the things that would normally give you joy have stopped giving you joy, or you feel like you have stopped showing up to, you know, not only just your work, but your life. Right. Mm. You're on autopilot.
0: Where are teachers finally coming in? Where are they along that continuum? And where do you wish they started coming in?
2: I mean, honestly, the trend that I often see when I see my teachers are when they are ready to quit. And that's kind of the honest truth of what oftentimes when I see teachers, they're there, right? They're like, I can't handle this job anymore. It's too emotionally taxing. Um, You know, like there's too high of a demand for what I have the ability to control. You know, I really would like to see people more at the beginning of that journey, right? Before they hit compassion fatigue, it's like, wow, I just got this huge ask from my, you know, from my administration, and I don't know if I can handle this huge ask. That is ideally where we would like teacher to see teachers reaching out, because in that way, we're providing supports, we're providing protective factors, and we're learning how to work through that stress so that it doesn't become burnout, so that it doesn't become compassion fatigue. Um, and was
0: that the intent? You guys ran a group last spring, and I don't, maybe, was that the first time that it happened?
2: So the that group has been probably up and running for we started it probably in two thousand and twenty one, um like right after the pandemic.
1: I did the um
2: the group, the coping skills group and the Yeah, it was Lindsay and Kayla. Yeah, they were yeah. great. Um, you know, EAN historically have not run group. It was a beautiful transition because one of our interns was like, I really have a passion for working with groups and wanting to run these types of groups. And so we kind of gave her the reins and she came up with this idea of like having this really great cycle ed group on coping skills. And through the interns, because they can have more non-traditional hours, last year's intern were able to do our first in-person group after working hours. So it was like a 5.30 to 6.30 group. Oftentimes when we come up with things like that, we actually send out that information to our HR contacts or our organizational Mm -hmm. contacts. And then they'll be the one to share it with their organization. And how the group process normally works is that when we send out the flyer, people will email us or contact us about being interested in the group. And then they get set up with like a short 15 to 30 minute screening with a group leader to make sure that they Mm -hmm. are appropriate for the group. Um, And then from there, the group usually is anywhere between like eight to 14 people.
0: Um,
2: Psycho-educational groups and like therapy groups generally find that, you know, 12 to 14 is like the max number of people in a group for it to be effective. Mm -hmm. Um, It is first come first serve. Mm -hmm. Um, I will tell you a little bit of the statistics of the current, the recent group that we just ran. We did have like a wait list of about 20 people um, for that group. Um, So it was,
1: that would have been my group, right? That that would
2: (laughs) have been your group for sure. Um, So that was kind of like our test run to see if groups being in person could be successful. (laughs) Right. And so we found that there is a need for that. And that's something that we are continuing to foster and grow with our current interns and seeing what they're interested in doing. One of our current interns just said that she's really interested in doing a um, a parenting group. If we can get that up and running, then we'll advertise it and we'll open that group for her to run. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been throwing around the idea of a BIPOC in the workplace support group Mm -hmm. um, as well. So um, for those of you who are not familiar, BIPOC is Black, Indigenous, people of color, and that might get up and running too. We're trying to find more unique ways to tailor to that versus just coming to us for individual talk therapy. That's great. I think that's a great way to increase capacity. From week to week, I see anywhere between... And it depends on what I have going on that week, because obviously we do trainings, we do other things as well. And as an account manager, I have some like HR stuff that I deal with or like more organizational stuff that I deal with. Um, I'll see anywhere between probably on a light week, 13 clients on a heavy week, 25. And how many people work in the organization are seeing clients? Yeah. So right now we have five counselors and two interns. Right now our interns are in practicum, so they're seeing less clients, but once the semester ends. They'll be an internship, and they'll both have full caseloads of, of about 15 clients a week. Um, so
0: I'm so. just thinking that there's so it sounds like there's a, a there's 100 to 125 individuals at any given time being served by EA. And mm-hmm. I always want to mm-hmm. say EAP, um, and that's out of 120 companies, which makes me think that you guys are really underutilized. What do you think about that?
2: So the utilized utilization numbers that we normally give that's a healthy utilization for an yes. eap is really about three to four percent of an organization
0: ah. um
2: anything under that is underutilization. anything over that says there's a cultural issue going on
0: <laughs> your it's core's not working that's it, what we call it in education that's not yeah. that your uh tier one tier one <laughs> if you examine your tier one so three to four uh, percent of any given organization should probably mm-hmm. be at people That seems like a reasonable. What do you think about that, Kelly? Yeah, that
1: makes sense.
2: You know, I think a lot of people are really hesitant to use our services because they are worried that their information is going to get back to their employer. The big thing for us is, and I want to iterate, is that confidentiality is like our most important thing.
0: We've had a real change in in retention. Mm -hmm. A lot of teachers have moved, left the profession. Have Mm -hmm. you seen teachers numbers go up that are commensurate with that? or not?
2: I think that all of
0: our numbers have gone up. <laughs> okay, realize. good. I guess that's where I'm going with this. I hope so.
2: Yeah, all of our numbers. I think there's, a, there's two folds to this, right? One, I think because of the pandemic, people realized the specific need for mental health services. The other is a cultural shift. I think that we've gotten to a point where it's still uncomfortable to talk about mental health concerns, um, but I think people have also gotten more open to the idea of talking about it and seeking help for it. I do see one of the privileges I see a lot in my job is that a lot of times when people come through our doors, this is their first experience ever with counseling and or therapy. And the beauty of it is that we get to open the door for them, welcome them in and treat them with kindness and show them what therapy can be like for us to then open the door for where they need to go next, um, if they do need to continue on with more longer term services or more support services.
1: Well, I was just thinking that's the idea with um, some of the counseling programs, right? You get a certain amount of, of visits.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: this is another part that's very unclear to us as uh, recipients of the program. First of all, we don't really find out about it except for a tiny little blurb at the bottom of something that we've already dismissed because we have too many other things to look at. And then. The other thing I know is that you get six um, sessions and then I don't really know what happens from there, I guess. Yeah.
2: So to my knowledge, Buncombe County School is a five session per situation model. Okay. Um, so the way it's worded is you get five sessions per situation. Some people see that as, oh, I only get five sessions a year or oh, I only get and there is no time limit on that. Right. So let's say you come for job stress and you're working through job stress and you get five sessions for that. And then after that, uh, you know, and you finish those five sessions and then, you know, maybe like a month down the line or even a week down the line, you lose a family member. You can come Mm -hmm. back for five sessions of grief. Um, The way it's defined is that it is set up as uh, per situation. So it has to be clearly Mm -hmm. defined as a different situation, but you can come back pretty much as many times as you need to. Um, Mm -hmm. To be real honest with you, we're never going to turn someone away. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you call and you literally just finished your five sessions yesterday and you called and say, hey, I'm in crisis and I really need to talk to someone, we're not going to say you used your five sessions, you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's really kind of this idea of like, you're going to still meet with a counselor. And within that counseling session, we're really going to address and assess for what your needs are. Do you need something more long term? Do you need some higher level of care? Really kind of work with you on getting you connected to those the groups that, you know, fit best for you. I make a joke all the time that you can't throw a rock in Asheville without hitting some sort of healer. It's just the nature of where we are. And sometimes that's really hard to navigate in the mental health world when you have so many options. Um so part of the job that we do too is really helping Get to know you really well, so we can make those very pinpoint referrals to this person who's going to be an amazing fit for you. And so that's kind of how we're used, right? We're used for the here and the now. We're used for the short term. But if during that meeting with us, there's an identification that there might be some specialty work needed or more long-term work needed, we'll get you to those specialists. Here at EAN, we all have connections in the community and we're able to really say, wow, I think you would really get along with this therapist that I know. And let me me reach out to them. It really is, like I said, us getting to know you and our time together so we can kind of make more pinpoint referrals. But another piece of that too is like working with, if you tell me you have Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Blue Network or Blue Options, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna Mm -hmm. do the diligent work to make sure that the therapists that I get you are in network with your insurance. You know, another big thing too is like, when I say refer. Is like someone coming in and saying, you know, I am really looking for more of a long term therapist to work with me Mm. through, you know, through the next couple of years or something of that nature. Um, And then that my job is to then really get to know what your concerns are, what you want to work through, who you are as a person. So that way I can say, hey, I know Bob. Bob is really great dealing with grief. Um, and it sounds like you have complex grief. Bob is in network with your insurance and, you know, and is a male because you want a male or, you know, whatever it is, is really narrowing down that massive field of people that you have to search through yourself.
0: Yeah,
2: that's, sure. really you.
1: helpful. yeah that's really helpful information because I know, um, you know, I talk to friends about finding therapists or whatever. I have one from years and years ago, but. I know like when you're going through something and you're looking for a therapist, like you said earlier, it's usually when you're just at your wits end and that's uh when you find someone. And then at that point, you're so overwhelmed with whatever it is you're going through that just finding someone seems like a big task. And so this seems like a great option for I can meet with someone for five sessions and then they can help me and find the right person so that I don't I know you know, a friend now she's trying to find a therapist and she's like, I just don't want to go through the whole thing. And then, you know, you have to spend this many sessions and then decide it's not for you. So this is a great opportunity for that. That's another good point.
2: Every private practice clinician that I know or most private practice clinicians that I know are on a three week to three month wait list. For services. Well,
0: I'm editing so, this part out. Uh, this is just yeah. depressing. I'm, I'm not and, I know, I
2: know. And, <laughs> but, you know, that's the beauty of what we do, right, is we see a lot of people who need services right away, and we're able to get them in within a week to, like, three weeks at most. And if you're willing to see an intern, we're able to get you in a lot earlier, and we subsidize you seeing an intern by giving you three additional sessions.
0: Oh, wow. Uh-huh.
2: So, so, with an intern, So if I see uh,
0: a regular counselor, it's we're talking about like four five sessions, four or five sessions, mm-hmm. but if I see an intern, it can be up to eight. Yes. you also can offer us getting like a fast pass to a referral to a mm-hmm. more long term therapist yeah. and 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 the groups it sounds like you've got a group coming up on parenting what
2: so probably sometime in January is when you'll start seeing some more unique offerings
0: so since twenty twenty
2: one if I'm understanding this right. Mm-hmm. Since 2021, you've offered a coping skills group
0: pretty much every year. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And it runs about six weeks? Yeah. I'm trying to think about how I can do a better job as an advocate for teachers in getting the information. In a perfect world, what would you like to see happen so that people can be more aware of using this underutilized service?
2: And I will say that there are some schools we see more teachers from because their admin staff are talking about us openly in the school culture itself. And I know that mm-hmm. looks different from school to school. Right. And that's oftentimes when I see an uptake in our services is when I have shown up or one of my colleagues have shown up to do a presentation. Right. Or just like to touch base with a school.
1: Is that a thing that you all do is go to staff meeting or introduce your services? Because the reason I had this idea for someone from EAN coming on our podcast is so we could explain the services and get the word out a little more.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but if you went into the schools, you're right. People would see that you're a human. You're not scary. Here are the services. Yeah, and they would have a contact, but I didn't know that that was a thing either.
2: Yeah, so we do have the ability to come in and do orientations. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we have a ton of workshops that we do. Um, everything from kind of like communication workshops, like effective communication, to communication <laughs> styles, to conflict management, all the way down to like. To things like holiday stress or, you know, to emotional intelligence, compassion fatigue. So it's kind of personal development type stuff. Okay. Where are those? Where could I find that? Those are all listed under our workshops okay. on our website. Yeah. They also yeah. And another big thing that people don't realize that we have is leadership academy that we run every single year. And the leadership <laughs> usually no, geared I've never towards-
0: Kelly, have you heard of any of this before?
1: No, I'm I'm like going on the website right now
2: yeah all right, tell us about well, the leadership accounting tell us yeah. yeah the leadership academy is usually dedicated to more managers but it's a way to get some manager trainings and every year we change the topics this year's topic was all around supporting employee mental health what does that look like giving people basic knowledge and understanding and it's done in quarters and most of those things can either be attended live or pre-recorded whenever we set it up we'll send the flyer and the information to all of our contacts and then they usually send that out to again their contacts within their organization okay so these,
0: these are kind of open to managers and hr people in all your organizations
2: they're really open to everybody right so even as a non-manager okay. you could email tammy and say hey i'm really interested in being a part of the leadership academy um and then she'll get you set up awesome
0: well i think Uh, You've given us more information. I mean, I feel like I know five times more than I knew half an hour ago. So Kelly, do you agree with me? Was this?
1: Yes. I mean, I just happened to see the email and read the email about the coping skills group back in the spring. And I Mm -hmm. thought, well, I've read a lot. I'm kind of in the know, but this will be a good opportunity to just see what it's about. And I mean, I had no idea that EAN offered any of this and then, I had some epiphany probably at three three AM one night that it would be fantastic to have someone on the podcast to explain this so that we knew where to go, what you offered. And it's also a little less scary when you know a little more.
0: I'm thinking about like where it is in newsletters.
2: It's always the very bottom, like it's a secret.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you don't really have to do it kind of thing. Do you all these do other things first.
2: And I've also had a couple of my other therapist friends that I knew that would be full and would be open to taking a client because I made the referral. Um,
1: because the they chance. know that you've done that work to yeah. and not to downplay what you do, but you're kind of like a filter or a funnel to exactly where people need to go or would serve them best. And yeah. that is maybe the best thing I've learned on this, um this chat right now.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I
0: think so I just, too, because that first step is the hardest one.
2: It's it's meant to be a warm transfer. It's really meant to say, hey, you, you know, like and and I will also say, like most people feel better within four or five sessions. I will I will I will put that caveat in there. Most people are like, cool, I'm ready to like move on and sure. integrate and then come back if I need to come back. <laughs> Um, Which is right.
1: another great yeah. tip because you think I've got to find this therapist and so then you do all the work to find it, the therapist, and then, you know, it feels like a ton of money that you're spending. And then what? I'm just doing that for four or five times. I'm just not going to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to a podcast instead. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so. So it's nice to hear that you all kind of weed out the people who. You know, Mm -hmm. they got out their frustrations. They talked about they collected a few skills and they move on. And then the people who still want to continue, you can Mm -hmm. find a perfect match for them.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we 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 try our best to make sure that we get people to the appropriate resources that they need. Right. And sometimes that is not therapy. Sometimes that's, hey, have you heard of On Tracks, which is this financial counseling program that's free in the community? Or, hey, have you heard of Sunrise Respite? right? Because you need a place to stay for a couple of days. Um, You know, it's like really kind of making sure that we're assessing fully for their holistic needs and that we're speaking to all of those needs. We're not just speaking to the mental health piece. We're focusing on holistic wellness.
1: Sure. That's amazing. Those are two more resources I had no idea about. Your services sound far more extensive and wonderful than I ever could have imagined. (laughs)
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm happy and I'm I'm very privileged to get the opportunity to share this with y'all and well, thank, thank you so much, much for your time. your time.
1: Thank you Juan. That was great. Right. Take care,
0: y'all. If you'd like to access the Employee Assistance Network, they're linked in our show notes, or you can go to EANNC dot com.